Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, out of wreck order, Anthony, known as T, brings this case against his good friend Joseph, known as Pippin. Their issue arose when T asked Pippin to record a reality TV cooking program for him. Pippin has an extravagant cable TV package with digital video recording service, while T has a much more basic set of channels and no DVR. T has asked his friend to record multiple shows for him, but never consistently comes over to watch them. The shows sit on the DVR, taking up space and annoying Pippin. Is T obligated to watch the shows after he's requested them? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Greetings. Your hard drive is 98% full of justice. Please delete some justice if you would like to continue. Swear him in, Bailiff Jesse. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Or whatever? I do. I certainly do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that his DVR is completely filled with reruns of the PBS Dick Cavett show? Particularly in that case. Yes. Very well. Judge? So first, let me understand this. Uh, the, uh, you guys are named T and Pippin? Yes. Are you elves? <laughs> um, the correct question would probably be what type of a hobbit would I be? But no, um, it's a nickname don't, we don't, don't. You know what? Don't try to out-nerd me, all right? Sorry. It, <laughs> don't try to out-nerd me, Peregrine Took. I would personally like to see that battle, though. <laughs> okay, chit chats. Which one of you is Pippin? I am Pippin. It's not that strange, Judge. I have a younger brother named Q and another one named Godspell. What's your actual name, T? Anthony. Okay, Anthony. Which which is part of the origination of the nickname? Right. They used to call you. Uh, they used to call you Big T, Fat T, Mister <laughs> T. <laughs> More so now than in the olden days, but. But no, I, I, I uh, received my nickname um, from my brother, who is just 16 P? months older than me. What was his he's, name? He's Rick. So his name was R? Um, I've never heard him go by R. No, he pretty much prefers Rick. He, he's kind of like Ricky Schroeder, where sure. it was Ricky for most of his life, and then it, we had to switch to Rick because okay. he became much more serious at that point. Right, right, right. So I'm going to call him the Schrode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate that. <laughs> and Pippin? How did you, yes. you get your street name? Of Pippin. In uh, high school, me and mm-hmm. my friends were avid fans of the musical? Tolkien and Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh so uh, you were actually named after uh, Peregrine Took. Yes, we all took nicknames. And uh, because two of my friends were named Joe, it really was more convenient just calling me Pippin. So it stuck through high school. And now all my closest friends still call me Pippin. And wasn't there a member of the band T-Rex who went by the name of Peregrine Took? I'm not aware of that, sir. Well, you know what? If you take on a name, you really have to take responsibility for knowing what you're talking about. I will make it my job to learn that. Pippin, can I call you Granny Smith? <laughs> Which took was the hobbit who, who actually rode a horse? And invented golf. That would be Bullroar took, sir. Bullroar took, right. Gerontius, the old took, uh, was the second oldest hobbit in the Shire's history after Bilbo Baggins. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in to the new <laughs> Judge John Hodgman podcast, also known as Nerd Fight. <laughs>
<laughs> Sounds like a great spinoff. All right, bro of Schrode, are you bringing this? I brought the um, I brought the issue. It's, okay. it's really you know, Pippin is really the one with the complaint. Do we have to call him Pippin? Really? Uh, How old are you, Pippin? <laughs> old enough to have two names. How old are you, you actually me- in real life? Forty-seven. And in th- and that's in in human years. In human years. I know for a hobbit, that would make you a butt tween, and you could still be called Pippin. But in real human life, you are a grown man, are you not? I certainly pretend to be, yes. Have you a family? I do. You have children? I have two wonderful boys, yes. And what, I'm afraid to ask what their (laughs) names are. (laughs) Manuel and Roman. Manuel and Roman, those aren't hobbit names at all. (laughs) No, they aren't. Unless they're, uh, are they, are they Falahide names or store names? <laughs> they're neither. They're human names. They're human names. So, okay. And do you have a, are you, do you have a, a wife? Uh, ex-wife. An ex-wife. Maria. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, did, does she refer to you as Pippin? She call you up or? No, but T's family calls me Pippin, and uh, my mother calls me Pippin, and my closest friends from high school still call me Pippin. Okay. And, yeah. But so now that you now that you are involved in this midlife crisis, <laughs> and you are no longer married, I don't want to probe your personal life too much because this is more about your television watching habits than this. But you clearly you're in, in the midst of crisis, and you are trying to revert to high school times when you rolled the nine sided die and called yourself Pippin, and life stretched out ahead of you, the road going ever ever on. Is that what's going on here? You can read my life like a book. Okay, and T, why don't you just call yourself Anthony? Um, do you not like that name? Do do people? How old are you, sir? In order, I am um, just thirteen days younger than you are, uh, so I'm forty. Ooh. What do you know about me? That's creepy. I know that uh, we grew up about five miles from each other. Yeah, it's still, it's getting creepy. Getting creepier. <laughs> it's, it seems very stalkerish. But you talk about these things. You talk a lot about being from Brookline and Fitchburg, where I spent my formative years. Um, you and I have a lot in common, as a matter of fact. We should talk. All right. Bailiff Jesse, would you please restrain T? <laughs> when and it comes oh, to things you know, do they include things like the width of his ventilation system? Um, or if you need when that, he turns I can, his lights can, on and off? Yeah. I can get those for you. Are you watching me right now? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, please, I just would like to make sure that you are seated this entire time with your hands clearly on the table. Do not approach me at any time. Do you understand? I do understand. Even though we are on the internet? <laughs> right. All right. I'm, I'm not going to call you T because that's a hard thing to say, even into a sweet Rhoda podcaster mic like I have without hitting the siblings hard. T, 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 T. <laughs> okay. We can edit that part. So I'm going to call you brother of Schroeder <laughs> or bro Schroeder. <laughs> that's better for you. Bro, okay. or Schro, Schro, bro Schroeder is what I'm going to call you. And Pippin, you know, you're not a child. I'm going to call you Peregrine. Okay? <laughs> yes. All right. And Thank I'm you. going to call you Red Delicious. Thank you. <laughs> Macoon, Empire, Fuji, Honeycrisp. That's what I'm going to call you, Honeycrisp. I take it back. You know, we don't choose our nicknames in yes. life. Everyone needs um, to understand okay. that. Roche Road. Um, it's going to take me some time to get used to it. What's your, problem? What's your problem with uh, Sir Honeycrisp Took over there? All right. So I asked my friend for a favor. The favor was for him to record a television program that our friend was appearing on. Oh, okay. Reality television program, um, and a friend of ours who 
is a chef um, was going to be on this cooking based program or was on this cooking based program. And so what's the program? Like, you seem to be shy about saying it. It's um, Hell's Kitchen. Oh, sure. Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. That's that's the guy. Yeah. Which is which is a big part of the problem. Bailiff Jesse. Yes. Will you please send a note to Matt Gorley, the editor, to bleep out words that I say at random, even though I am not cursing? Absolutely. <laughs> Just in honor of Gordon Ramsay, can we pretend that I am an incredibly fat-mouthed bully? Shall I take my shirt off, sir? No, the f way, Jesse. Please put your bleeping shirt back on immediately. Putting in every way possible. And putting chefs on television as though they were going to somehow become telegenic rock rock stars. I'm not talking about TV chefs. I'm talking about line cooks. Is is akin to putting poker players on TV, thinking they're going to be role models instead of the shifty, sweaty autists that they are. Anyway, I didn't mean to talk about your friend. What season of Hell's Kitchen was he on? I'm sure he'd be flattered. It was uh, season eight, uh, and our friend's name is Louis. Okay. I didn't see that season. Eight seasons, really? Okay. Did he win? Or do you not know yet because you haven't watched it on your friend's well. DVR? <laughs> Honeycrisp, you, you were asked to record Hell's Kitchen, and yes, did you do I it? Was. And I did it. You know, a friend asks you for a favor, you follow through, I recorded it. Okay, and, and, and what's the problem? He didn't come over to watch it? Yeah, he asked me for a favor, didn't come over. I didn't press him on it, but, you know, after a week or two, I was like, hey, you know, you got this show on my DVR, and... I've only got 100 hours of DVR space, so that's quickly running la- out. Whoa, really? What do, what do you, what's on your rotation there? Uh, I got a lot of shows. Yeah, let but, me hear. Uh, let me hear. Both John Stewart's Daily Show and uh, uh, Colbert Report oh, afterwards. If there's one thing I don't like more than buzz marketing, it is upsucking. <laughs> no, no, hold it. These are seriously my shows. I, right. I, they come first to mind, obviously, because you're mm-hmm. on one of those shows. I forget right. which one. Mm-hmm. But um, – and then, uh, and then a lot of science-related shows, and then uh, the only cooking show I'd normally record well, on my Science-related re- shows, you're talking about Mythbusters, right? Mythbusters is awesome, but I don't actually record that. It's usually Nova programs or um, – Newton's Apple. <laughs> yeah, what do you – do you record that show where the dudes blow stuff up in slow motion? Uh, we did. Oh, that was uh, that was a good show. I don't watch it anymore. Um, Isn't that I don't called know the Discovery Channel? It's called Slow Motion Blow Up. Slow <laughs> Motion. But um, but yeah. Do you, do you record that show? Do you record that show where those guys go into um, uh, abandoned storage containers, bid for the uh, the stuff inside, and then blow it all up in slow motion? No, I'm not familiar with that show. Okay, I don't record it. Yeah. Do you know the one where the guys uh, the guys go into a uh, a house full of dead cats and pumpkins, and then they pick out the most valuable ones and then take them to a pawn shop on no. on custom made motorcycles? No, I don't know that one. Okay. So, all right. But science shows. Science fiction and uh no, I didn't see that coming. Related. Well, let's hear, let's hear the science fiction stuff. I remember Game of Thrones when that was on. I recorded that series. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, so you wanted to record Game of Thrones and you couldn't because you had this 10-month-old no, episode of Hell's Kitchen sitting on there? No, actually, I set to record them and then um, – after a while, the DVR will delete stuff I haven't watched, and I was kind of concerned that his show would drop off because at the time I didn't know how to set it to to keep it until I manually deleted it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I was getting a little anxious that 
that I recorded the show for him, and he would lose it, and he wanted to watch it. And I really, I didn't want it on my DVR because I didn't like how uh, our friend Louis was treated on that show. How long has this thing been sitting on your DVR? Is it still there? No, it, it eventually dropped off, and since then, he asked me to record another show with his cousin. Well, okay, easy. I don't want to hear about uh, Brochrode's cuz yet. Right. When did he ask you to record Hell's Kitchen? I don't know. T was that a year ago? It sounds probably about. Could you say? Could you please address? Could you please address the defendant as Brochrode? <laughs> I do not. We're in a court of non-law. Bro, I believe Brochro answered that it was a year ago as well. So I think that's a fair estimate. And how long did it sit there before it was deleted? Would you say? I would say about five or six months. Is that does that conform to your memory as well, Bruce Red? Uh That sounds yeah, that sounds like it would be accurate. Okay, Honeycrisp, did you uh, <laughs> inform him that that you were concerned that this thing was going to drop off? Oh, I did. How I, how often did I you? How, how many times did you give him an opportunity to come over and watch it? Oh, uh, well, opportunity was unlimited. I mean, he well, I know because because you're sitting at home reliving your glory days of high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he can come over even when I'm not home. We we don't have a lot of security. How far back? How far back do you guys go? God, uh, about eighteen years. Eighteen years, yeah. So Broch Road, you have full access to this guy's house. He just mentioned that he has no security. I'd like to get his address as soon as possible <laughs> so I can put it on the website. Well, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to have a party next week. He's he's not going to be around. So I'll, well, I'm well I want a party with the Broch Road. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. <laughs> watch some old Novas. Roll some dice. Watch some Novas. Let's just tear that. Also, Alton Brown. Yeah. Oh, watch Alt- watch Alton Brown. Brown. Let's just, yeah. We'll just, we're going to burn, we're going to burn that DVR down, man. We're going to wipe it clean. Get a fresh start. <laughs> Why didn't you go over and watch the show with, with your friend on it? See, the reason I asked him to record it was because I don't watch a lot of TV and, and, you know, I certainly don't watch scheduled TV, but it happened to be that when the first episode came on, I was near my TV and I was able to watch it and I was excited about it, you know, cause I wanted to see Louie and I wanted to see what the thing was all about. And so I watched that first episode, but it was, it was a bit of an ordeal. I, I don't know if you've seen the show. Um, How could you be hard- under the impression that I have not seen the show after all of I- the inside knowledge that I dropped? <laughs> I don't. I didn't pay attention when I watched the show, so I didn't recognize the inside knowledge because I, I, I only watched that one episode. You're spacing out quite a bit, Roche Road. Sorry about that. The problem was that once I watched that first episode, it became very difficult for me to bring myself to watch another one because you know. So you didn't want to watch. Just, so you didn't want to watch the show anymore. I didn't want to watch the show, but I did want to see. Louis, uh, because, you know, he was on there and it was exciting. He's your friend. And how do you know, so how do you know him? Uh, Pippin and I both volunteer at YMCA camp for a week every summer. And uh, Louis was the chef at the camp that we um, volunteer at. Oh, okay. Is this um, Chef Louis Rapucci? That's the guy. Oh, this guy doesn't look too bad. He doesn't look like a living monster like most of those chefs do. He's, he's incredibly healthy. He seems to be in good shape. He is in very. Good I mean, shape. not that I'm so slender and so good to myself, but these, you know, these these line, you know, working cooks often destroy their bodies. That's all I'm saying. Right. Because they work very long hours and they drink a lot and they smoke a lot and they swear a lot. Get into hot tubs together. And they take their shirts off on television. I don't need that. Sure. Uh, okay, so you didn't like the way he was being treated. So I don't understand what the dispute is here. There wasn't really a problem. Okay, good. Then then, then that's it. Let's go on to the clear the docket there, Jesse. <laughs> is there a dispute here or not? What I'm saying is there wasn't a problem until I came with a subsequent request. 
because, as um, Pippin mentioned earlier, my cousin was um, to appear on another cooking-based program. Um, it, she she um, works at the Buena Vista Cafe in San Francisco. Where no they buzz make marketing, the please. Okay, right, so very good. Um, and they were doing there. There's a show um, on the Cooking Channel mm-hmm. uh, called Originals with Emerald Legacy. And oh. so Emerald visited this establishment, and you know my cousin appeared on the show, flirting with um, Emerald and serving Irish coffees, and it was it was very exciting. So as soon wait as a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is the name of your cousin? Leah Hosher. I want to. Do you have a YouTube of this? Um, I searched and searched, but couldn't find one. Which it's on my DVR. I know it's sitting on your DVR now. And I don't get that channel. So mm-hmm. the only way I was going to be able to see it was if it showed up on the internet or if Pippin recorded it for me. So I really had no no option in that case. Your hands were tied, is what you're saying. Exactly. And and, and I sent you some evidence, which um, was that I emailed Pippin. And oh, I, I see. Said, hey, you you sent in an email exchange. Right. Could you please record this? And his response was okay, wait, wait. online. Here, right? here it is. This is. Yeah. Do you, Do you have the email in front of you? I don't. Let's do. Okay. <laughs> Guys, come on. It's it's very short though. I can remember. Can you remember it? Let's do a dramatic reenactment of this email. Okay. 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 Do you get the cooking channel? I don't. There's a show on there called The Originals with Emerald. My cousin is on the premiere episode, San Francisco. If you get it, please record it for me so I can check it out. Okay, but you always ask me to record shows that you never watch. Okay, this isn't a bar fight here, guys. It was like a slap in the face. No, it was not like a slap in the face. Did you record it, uh, Honeycrisp? Yes, I did, Your Honor. Has he come over to watch it yet? He might have actually watched it, but he hasn't taken it off the DVR. He asked me to keep it on until he could take it off the DVR. Now, how are you going to take it off the DVR except with your eyes? So I have a device uh, that I can hook into the AV um, section of the of the of the recorder and i can then connect it by usb to my laptop and i'll be able to record onto my laptop um the the part of the program that i want which is really just the part is this something laptop. you want to keep for posterity i want to keep it i want to keep it i want to have it available i want to make it available to others uh, because it's very exciting so why don't you just and go over and why don't you just go thing. over and do this well i can't find the power cable for the device that i have what? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Who said that? Was that Bailiff Jesse or, or was that my little hobbit <laughs> no, friend? No, that was me. I was sorry with your chastising of me. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this email that you sent. You sent it, Broche Road. Yes. Big T, you sent this email as evidence on your side. It's dated May 6th of this year at 1.20 p.m. I noticed that, uh, like all good tooks, uh, Peregrine got back to you within 10 minutes, promptly. That's right. Yeah. And he gave you a little bit of guff, but then he did it. And now it's sitting over there and you're not, go- you're not getting all of your cables and weird radio shack equipment together to go over there and get it. Um, I'm, I'm what do you do for a living? Do so. I'm a computer application developer. So you have access to cables and switches and junk. That's probably why I can't find it. You know what? I'm going to take advantage of this Gordon Ramsay bit. You have access to all this shit, don't you? I do, I do. Why don't you get your f***ing fat ass over to his house to f***ing do it? This is a f***ing embarrassment. I don't have to take this abuse. Take some f***ing pride in yourself. Hey, 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 look at me, look at me, look at me. Do you have any f***ing pride in yourself whatsoever? Yes, Your Honor, I do. Then f***ing get over there and download this shit.
Okay. Why don't you fucking do it? I, you know, I've, I've, I've been busy. With what? Putting cables into other fucking things? I just had a, a whole remodel done over here, and things are kind of, you know, a little bit chaotic. And All right. Hobbit. Yes, Your Honor. How much space do you have in your DVR right now? Pretty sure I'm at 97% right now. Yeah. And you're still holding this thing for him? Still holding it. And, uh, and what, what, are the, what, what are the damages that you have incurred so far? Inconvenience? Uh, anxiety? Not, no, no anxiety now because now I figured out how to preserve it so I don't lose it. It's just irritation that he asked me to do this and that he didn't follow through on taking it off, you know? And, and, and obviously you're being held up and recording all your favorite stories. This may just be the tip of the iceberg. There may be more uh, incidences coming down the road. Well, look, I can't legislate for stuff that hasn't happened yet. Unless you would want, as, as seeking damages, you would want an injunction to prevent him from making this request in the future. I don't mind doing it as long as there's follow-through in a timely manner. When would you like him to come over and hook up his weird machine to steal this television program so he can put it on YouTube? <laughs> Within two weeks. Within two weeks? Roche Road, is that unreasonable? That's going to be tight. How is that going to be tight? How far away do you live? Do you have to take an airplane there? Uh, we live about three or four miles from each other. Three or four miles from each other? You could walk it with your little AV That's cart of, I mean. weir of weird junk and shit that you need to steal things from a DVR. You know, I just, I, there are things, other things that I have to do. I have, you know, a lot of children that I have to attend to. And, you know, I have things going on with my work. Are you I'm, a, I'm sorry, are you a butler for children? <laughs> I, I, I am <laughs> full time <laughs> butler for children. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that you lived in a mansion full of children and you were the butler. <laughs> it seems precisely that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, yeah, well you know it's sort of like uh, Silver Spoons, Brosh Road. It's like a Ricky <laughs> Schroeder story all over again. A nice callback. With the buttering up, stop it, okay? I'm fucking here to judge yeah. you on your fucking cooking. <laughs> okay. I really appreciate that this is the problem. Come on, teamwork, teamwork, a little bit of communication here. All right, I think I have enough to make my ruling. Is there anything else you want to say, Broch Road, before I go into the chambers? I just want to say that the reason that I brought this case in the first place is because I don't believe that favor granting should have these kind of dependencies uh, that, that are being placed on this here. That... You know, whether I come over to watch the thing in a timely manner or not, it seems to me that, you know, my friend should be willing to do this favor for me and to do it cheerfully, which is really all I'm asking for is is a bit more cheerfulness what? Um, in the granting of the favor. Oh, look, I'll make a decision that I think is fine, but you cannot legislate yeah. cheer. The moment you legislate really? cheer, you are in you are in fucking Harrison Bergeron land. I'm not going to try to control someone else's emotions. I like being Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> Cathartic, huh? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> now, do you have anything else you want to say, uh, little man? <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you want to tell me, time bandits? Let's go. Oh, that's a, uh, so, um, I did record it cheerfully. Yeah, you only became less cheerful when... Uh, there was no follow through on the favor. Um, the only th other thing I'd say is, uh, you know, hearkening back to the original series, you know, when uh, the Metrons had to abduct Captain Kirk and that Gorn and put him on an alien planet, 
that's an alternate way of settling this. Tim. Look, 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 um, look, 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 look. I don't take bribery through nerd bait, okay? <laughs> I don't even like the original series. I said it. What? Thank you. I knew you would be on my side. I knew I, I warned him not to bring it up, but he doesn't listen to me, Judge. Next generation all the way, you c***. I'm going into my fucking chambers. Yes. I'll come back with a decision in a moment. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. T. Brochrode, do you really believe that all favors should be completely unconditional? I believe that if you are a person who is willing and glad to, to offer a favor, that the favor should be done without grumpiness and without undue conditions. Yes. Godspell, how does that make you feel? <laughs> I'm, I'm a very grumpy person to begin with, but uh, even to my friends, I'm very, you know, very matter of fact. And, uh, you know, I made it clear, hey, I'll record this for you. But, uh, you know, hey, dude, I recorded it. Watch it. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. You, big boy, come here. You, hobbit, little man, come here. Where the fuck is the teamwork, huh? Yes, a little teamwork? Wouldn't that go better? A little communication? This guy's doing you a favor? Broche Road, I can't even remember my fucking nickname for you. Your friend's doing you a favor? You just sit there and do nothing. Where's your head? I'm Let me ask you a question, Bro Broche Road. Broche Road, yes, yes, you yes, sit there like you're not hearing me. You sit there confidently thinking you're going to win. You don't even hear me yelling at you this whole time? Open your ears, well, big boy. I'm assuming yes. that's just to help you feel better. A little listening. The reality is, if you ask someone to take in your mail while you're away on a trip, does that mean they have to keep your mail forever? All your boxes of Harry and David and weird packages and bills, they got to keep that in an archive forever? No. After a uh, while, you know what no, they do? They throw it away. They bin it. The reality is that the favor does not begin and end when he records a thing. The transaction is complete when you come over and look at it. And I think that it is perfectly reasonable for this poor hobbit who is junking up his DVR with all your weird cooking shows and friends who are chefs that you can't bother to watch on TV when it's actually on and family members to eventually want to clear up the space for his original series of Star Trek as though he can't see it anywhere else. It's still his DVR. You have the technology to go over and get that stuff off of there. You live three to four miles away. You've hesitated to do this for months and months and months. This guy is not your uh, remote backup of your hard drive. This guy is your friend who's got terrible taste in television. <laughs> do you disagree? I do not. I do not directly disagree. Your uh, argument is fucking raw. Put it in the bin. All right. Hobbit. Two weeks from today, I will be in Durham, North Carolina, uh, speaking and reading from my new book, That Is All, with David Reese and the band Megaphon. Buzz marketing. <laughs> I will want a text or electronic mail of some kind on that day saying that Big T came over and got his junk off your drive. And if that has not happened by that day, you have permission to erase his junk and chuck it in the bin. Okay? The yes, point is, the favor is completed when the thing is viewed within a reasonable period of time. Broche Road, get your fat ass over there. Start downloading. Take off your shirt and walk out of here in slow motion 
and in shame while some weird steam flies up around you and then get into a car and start talking to a camera about how I was right and you were wrong. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. T, you were delivered a stern rebuke by British celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay. How do you feel? I feel I, I feel like I need to be able to request a two-week extension after this two-week period is over. It never ends. I'm sorry. Did you not understand that this was a final ruling that you swore you would abide by? I, I did. I, I understand. Pippin, your friend sickens me. <laughs> well, uh, me well. as well. I think I think he should get it done before. Uh, wait, a minute, wait, 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 wait. Bail of Jesse. Bail of Jesse. You're not Gordon Ramsay here, okay? <laughs> You're the French Mater D. If you end up having to erase this thing, I want you to video yourself doing it so that we can post it on the website <laughs> and let that serve as a warning. Let's put that head on a stake for anyone else. <laughs> Who dares question my judgment and say, I want a two-week extension. That junk's only for freelance writers and John Roderick. No one else gets an extension. And Pippin, you're not off you're not off the stake. You're not off the stake either, little man. I don't wanna hear I don't wanna hear about people calling you Pippin anymore. At best Peregrine. <laughs> I, I think I might go beyond the bounds of your ruling, sir. I I'm sorry. What does that mean? <laughs> I I think I think I can decide what people call me. Oh, somebody's cruising for a bruising. <laughs> okay, Bailiff, clear the court. Let's get these let's get these monsters out of here. Oh, I'm gonna do some pounding. In a, in a, in a sudden in a sudden surprise change, both contestants are being ejected from the courtroom. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Thank you very much, guys. I look forward to seeing you at Largo on November fourth. Definitely. Yes. Thanks a lot. This was a lot of fun. Thank, Thank you. you, gentlemen. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura Frames. Hey, Mother's Day is coming up. Do you have a mom in your life that you'd like to celebrate? There are very few better ways than giving an Aura frame to someone you care about. These are beautifully Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos of your memories with your mom, stepmom, a mentor, friend, uh, whatever it is in your life who might enjoy seeing photos from your life. Aura frames are the way to go. Judge, there's a very special mom in my life, Ms. Teresa Thorne. Yes. Uh, that's my wife and also a, a whole human being in her own right. Guess what's guess what's on her bedside table? Yes, that's right. You guessed it in one, an aura frame. <laughs> what I love about the aura frame is you don't have to load a bunch of stuff onto an SD card or whatever, like with the old digital frames. It is so easy to get the pictures on there. So like when Teresa texts me a cute picture of one of our children or our dog uh, or one of our siblings texts us a cute picture of one of them or one of their children, 
uh, all I have to do is hit that share button on my phone and I can share it right to the frame and then it lives there for as long as I want. I can also take it off whenever I want, but I don't even have to open the Aura Frames app, which is a great app, but I don't right. even have to go there. It just goes straight into wherever I want it, uh, whichever frame I want, or I have multiple Aura Frames in my house or all of them. Uh, it is incredibly easy. That's why Wirecutter chose it as the best digital photo frame. That's why it's one of Oprah's favorite things. Uh, it is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use the code Hodgman at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Stitch Fix. You know that boost of confidence you get when you put on an outfit that just feels good? You know what that's like. That's what I get when I use Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix, you get a human stylist, not AI. A human being who understands your style, size, and budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season or any other. This professional stylist picks the clothes. They can either send you a box where anything you don't want is unbelievably easy to return, or they can make a little storefront for you just from stuff that they recommend for your taste and your body. Uh, it, it is an absolutely incredible service. They give you styling advice, outfit recommendations, the whole thing soup to nuts. And like I said, if you don't want it, if you don't like it, it is unfathomably easy to send it back. They give you an envelope that's big enough that has the postage and the labels on it. All you have to do is shove the thing in there, close it up, and drop it off at your local mailing center. It is that easy. Can I also say the stuff that my stylist at Stitch Fix picks for me? I really like it. Like, they know me, and it's really terrific. Plus, if you've got small people in your life, sadly, my small people are now adults shopping for themselves. But if you've got little kids, it's a terrific way to, to get togs for your kids. Style that makes you feel as you as you want to look, get started today at stitchfix.com slash JJHO. That's stitchfix.com slash JJHO. Stitchfix.com slash JJHO. Hi, this is Biz, and this is the final season of One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. This is going to be a year of celebrating all that makes this podcast and this community magical. I'm so glad that I found your podcast. I just cannot thank you enough for just being the voice of reason as I'm trying to figure all of this out. Thank you and cheers to your incredible show and the vision you had to provide this space for all of us. This is still a show about life after giving life. And yes, there will be swears. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. And as always, you are doing a great job. All right, class, tomorrow's exam will cover the science of perfect pitch, the history of pride flags and speed running video games. Any questions? Ah, yes, you in the back. Uh, what is this? It's the podcast, Let's Learn Everything. Where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. 
My name's Tom. I study cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline, and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation, and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella. I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Obviously not. No. It's a podcast. <laughs> Judge Hodgman, I'm I'm so sorry that I I got out of control there. I've been I, I don't know. I just been having a really hard time. I got this new baby. Um, it's really beautiful. I really adorable. I just need something to pound. I understand as a parent. I appreciate that uh, it can be a, a stressful time. You're probably sleep deprived. Probably not treating yourself very well. I'm I also on the I, juice. I, I know you're, pro- you're probably not, but you're probably not taking as much juice in, in as in as many veins as you normally take it. Right. I certainly hope that you are at least getting your suits properly tailored. Yes, absolutely. Okay. At, at the very least, I am. Your bailiff uniforms, right, are properly hemmed and cuffed. Certainly so. I prefer a one and three quarter inch cuff. I did. I didn't doubt it. Uh, so all I'm saying is, Bailiff Jesse, don't apologize. Just take care of yourself and get rid of your child because it's fucking up the podcast. Understood. Shall we clear the docket, sir? Yes, please. Here's one from Thomas. He says, "My girlfriend and I have a technology dispute. I bought a new MacBook, and we began talking about new Macs versus new PCs." My girlfriend noted, I think correctly, that PCs become obsolete more quickly than Macs. However, we differ on what could be considered an obsolete computer. She argues that my brand new MacBook Pro will be obsolete as soon as a newer, better model comes out. I cannot wrap my head around such libel. In six months, my computer will still be very relevant to the computing world. And not so outdated that it can be called obsolete. How long is it until a computer is officially obsolete? Well, obsolete and and outdated are not synonyms. I would have to say that outdated means there is a new model, or it's a couple of years old, and there's a new model out. Uh, and uh, I would say out, obsolete certainly means um, it, the model is so old uh, that it no longer will run the current uh, most. Uh, popular operating systems what am I talking about operating systems that it won't run the current operating system and it won't run the programs that you need it to run I can say this with some authority because I am expert on computers it won't run the programs <laughs> I'm about as exp- can I use a computer to do my accounting yes you can create a spreaded sheet to write down all of your grocery lists can and my kids do art projects? If they like to make pie charts. <laughs> it's clear that my, even though, even though I have worked for many proud years for Apple Computer, my understanding of how computers go is limited to around 1982. When it doesn't take the floppy disks anymore, that's how you know that it is, uh, that it is obsolete. Or I should say if you're still using floppy disks. I would say the standard of an obsolete computer is 
Does it use single or double density floppy disks? I know, right? Double layer. Ooh, that was a, that was some hot stuff when it came along. I would recommend that you purchase the one computer that never becomes obsolete, the program that I used to create Judge John Hodgman. That's the Osborne One, the world's first portable microcomputer. You can purchase WordStar word processing software. Uh, you can use single-density floppy disks, and uh, it's the first computer that you can close up and carry around like it was a suitcase. Well, I know you like the ease and the convenience and a simple operating system and all of that jazz, but me, I'm kind of a tech head. I like to really get in there and do it myself. So when I record this podcast, I am using a Coleco Atom computer add-on that I have forged onto an Intellivision console using Odyssey controllers, and then I am using a a tinfoil attached to a Timex Sinclair as a kind of antenna to wirelessly broadcast this to you across the country, Jesse. I record this entire program on a model train set with a complex system of switches. I like to wear a large floppy disk around my neck and call it Dr. Theopolis. Um, I I would ask you some more questions, uh, Judge, but uh, I I was reading your book, That Is All, and and I got to the part about George Plimpton's video, Falconry, and I felt the need to falcon. So uh, I'm headed off to the Internet to uh, play the web port right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's truly the final answer is... If your computer can still play George Plimpton's video Falconry, it is not outdated. That's still an amazing game, even today. Hey, everyone, it's me, Judge John Hodgman. Jesse left already, but I just want to say I finally did get an email from Emily Brewster at Merriam-Webster, and she said, I was right. When you're alphabetizing movies, just ignore the apostrophe and let the letters be your guide. Those are her words. She also says that's good advice for life, too, and I agree. If you like Emily Brewster, you should check out her Ask the Editor uh, uh, video podcast on YouTube or check her out at Merriam-Webster online. She's fantastic. She discovered a word. Oh, Jesse, are you over there? Yes. Sorry. sorry. Wait, no. Yeah. Uh, sorry. 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 Just get out from behind these curtains. Are you, why were you behind my curtains? I don't know, but it wasn't sexual. Good night, Jesse. <laughs> Good night. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support this show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Matt Gorley. His great podcast, by the way, is called Super Ego. You can find it in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, email us and be sure and include your telephone number. The email address is hodgman at MaximumFun.org. If you have thoughts about the show, you can always comment on it on our message board, forum.maximumfun.org. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.